Hello and welcome to another podcast brought to you by Life Community Church, Leamington Spa. Recorded at one of our Sunday morning services, we hope this message inspires, equips and encourages you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Brilliant. Great to see you all this morning. I'm just going to pray. Father, we just pray as we just open up your word. We thank you for your word. Thank you that it has the opportunity to change our lives. We know that it can change our lives. So I pray that you'd help us to be hearers and doers of your word, even today. Help us to apply it to our lives and help us to come out of this place, this physical place today, different than the way we even came in. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 Please take your seats. Great to see you. My name is Dave. I'm one of the leaders here. And it's a privilege to open up the word of God today. It's got a, a, a one-off message today just to share with you. And... Um, before I do, I'm just going to get a little item. <laughs> Could do some decorating. We've got a ladder here. I don't know about you. You know, because I've said this so many times before, that I'm not very good when it comes to DIY. Okay, the basic that I can do is a bit of painting on a wall, but I'm not very, very good. And um, oh, this was full of cobwebs. You see the cobwebs? It's been in a thing. Great. Wonderful. Cut down. Brilliant. But um, I, who loves those, those programs on television where they take a, I don't know, they, they renovate a, a, a property, a house, it, like, before and after, and they basically, 60, 60 minute makeover. Have you ever seen that? They basically, I think they do all the prep in advance. They get these teams in the house, and there's obviously some people gone through some hard times, so people vote for them to have their house redone up. And basically, within an hour, they decorate, refurnish, refurbish. I said to Leanne, Leanne, where should you go on that program? Come on, put my name down. <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, I don't know how they do it because the paint's probably still wet. But um, they get on their ladders, don't they? And uh, I'm going to climb up here. And they do. There we go. And uh, they, they decorate and everything. And it's, it's wonderful. And um, we've got, a, we've got a, a, a room in our house. And uh, we've been talking about it for ages We'd love to turn it into a certain, I don't know, a family room. It's sort of a, it's a bit of a, it's, a, it's an unusual, Annie and Sam know, they've, they've slept there. Basically, it's quite a long, narrow room. And we think, well, you know, it, it, if you, get, you sometimes get used to rooms and how they look, don't you? You get used to buildings and, think, and you don't notice, I know, how buildings look. And then a fresh pair of eye comes in and think, oh, have you seen that? And this is, you know, we know it's got some problems, like we... Someone's put all the, all the sockets up high, and we think, oh, this could be such a nice space. And then we start to think, oh, we could, we could change this. We could literally change this place, and we could turn it to something really nice, the whole family. You know, we start to dream a little bit. We start to think about, we could put the um, blackboard paint. Have you ever seen the blackboard paint? Put blackboard paint on the walls, then the girls can scribble on the walls and draw pictures with, with chalk. What a cool idea. We get a TV in that wall, and Daniel could connect his, uh, his PlayStation to that, and then I can get my lounge back. <laughs> Great idea. You know, all these different things. Wonderful. Same space, but I'm coming at it with a, a different vision of that, of that space, of that place. Um, yesterday, Leanne went off to Sheffield with the girls and her mum uh, to see her sister, whose who's Leanne's niece was her birthday. So they're having like a, a pamper party for like, uh, you know, young girls. Yeah, wonderful. So it was me and Daniel. So... Same day, Saturday, I could have kept the same Saturday. I thought we could just do what we normally do on a Saturday, or we could do something different. 
we decided to do something different. So I sat with Daniel and said, Daniel, what do you want to do today? And being a list person, we made a list of the sort of things we could do today. Of course, playing on the PlayStation together was high up there. And uh, I lo- we're playing uh, FIFA 2019, and I lost every match. <laughs> I was even cunning, because what happened is Daniel chose a good team. He chose, um, who was it? Chelsea. And then when you're choosing a team, it tells you how good they are at attacking midfield and defence. So I actually looked for a team that was better. I chose um, Manchester City. Don't, don't stone me. And on the, on the scores, they were better at attacking, better at midfield, and better at defence. Were they in reality? Ah, uh, no, no. So uh, I lost every single match. And uh, so we didn't, didn't, I said to Daniel, you know, what do you want to eat? So we went to Audi, and we bought some pizzas, and, and uh, some onion rings, and oh, some different things, and he loved them. So we made a nice day of it. It could have been an ordinary day, but we came at it with a, a different perspective, a different way of looking at it. And that was our, our day yesterday. And I just want to talk today uh, very quickly on the, this subject called Embrace Your Place, found in Genesis chapter 28. Embrace your place. And the thing is, we all have places in our life. They could be physical places, spaces that we go to regularly. It could be our, our workplaces. It could be your home. It could be your kitchen. It could be... Just where you do life. Think places you go to all the time and you think, oh God, it's just the same. It's just normal. Or God, I, I, I want out of this place. Or God, I don't like this. Or, oh, it could be this country. Or everything that's going on with Brexit. I'm not going to go there today, don't worry. Just pray for our leaders. What we're called to do, pray for our leaders in this time. But we can think, oh God, what a mess. What a shambles. This country. We could look at this country, this place called the United Kingdom and think, oh God. Or we can come at it with a different angle, a different point of view and think, actually, we could be so much better. My workplace could be so much different. My marriage could be so much better. My home could be a place where I could invite people and welcome people and be hospitable even to my neighbours. Places that we frequent all the time. But it's about looking at it with a different perspective. And just the thought today, just thinking about it, is how you view affects what you do in your place. Different places that we go to, or it may not be a physical place, it might just be a relationship. How we view affects what we do in your place. And I believe God wants to speak to us about the way that we see things today. Where we see our marriages, where we see our, our, our place of work, our, where we see church, where we see one another. How you view affects what you do in your place. I'm just going to go back one slide. You see, we're going to be talking today about um, a well-known character, if you've been a, a Christ follower for any amount of time, called Jacob. And Jacob um, was a bit of a twister, a bit of a deceiver. He wanted to get his own way. Do you know anyone like that? He wants to get their own way. And um, he's got an older brother called Esau. This uh, story is found in, in Genesis, the first book of the Bible. And, um, and when you're the firstborn, as Esau was, you have a birthright. And Esau's birthright was to, to own the lands and, and to, to have the possessions and to be significant. Not only did he have a birthright, but he wanted to receive the blessing from his father who was about to die. 
He wanted to see the... But what happened, Jacob was up to his old tricks. Jacob wanted that birthright. So Esau was a man of the field and would go and come out and he decided, you know what, I'm going to get that birthright. So what he did, he knew his brother would come in hungry and he cooked up a nice bowl of stew. You can see that stew on the screen there. Does it look nice? It's good, isn't it? Oh, I can even see the steam coming off it, yeah. And he kept a nice bowl. And, so, oh, you know. and, he, and like, his brother came. He probably wafted the smell in Esau's direction. Oh, smell that, Esau. He's hungry. And Esau said, oh, do you want some stew? Want some stew? And he just wished he could have it. You know, he says, this can be yours if you give me your birthright. And Esau basically said, well, I'm about to die. I'm so hungry. A bit of exaggeration. And he sold his birthright for one bowl of stew. He sold something that was so, so vital for him because he was hungry, because he was physically hungry. Wow. And then as um, his father's about to die, Esau is, is told by his father to just go out and come back in and then make him some food and he'll pray a blessing on him. But Rebecca, their mum, heard this and told told Jacob, quick, make some, make some food, and then uh, get some, get some uh, because Esau was a hairy man, kill an animal, put the hairy hairs of the animal on your hands and, 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 and arms, and then you can pretend to be your brother. And even this dialogue that's happening, you know that their father is a bit unsure about whether it is really Esau or whether it's really Jacob. He said, you know, you sound like Jacob, but you're hairy like your brother Esau. And he plays a, prays a blessing, a dying blessing, over his son, Jacob. Now Esau has heard this, and Esau is fuming. He's mad. It's twice he's been tricked. And he, he, Esau says out loud, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill him. So the family send Jacob off. Quick, go off. Go to my, um, my, my brother, his, um, Rebecca says. Go to my brother, and, uh, and called Laban, and, um, and find a wife yourself there. And in the meantime, hopefully Esau's wrath, his anger, is going to die down. And that's where we find the story now in, in Genesis chapter 28. So let's read this together. Genesis chapter 28. And uh, so Jacob is on, his, is on a journey. He's on a journey. And during this journey, he's now stopped. He's on, he's on a journey to visit his, his uncle, Uncle Laban. And... Uh, when we fast forward the, the story, we know that he marries two women. I don't know how you do that. <laughs> married two women. He had to work hard, and he himself was deceived. The deceiver was deceived. But now he's, we, that's in the future. Now he's on a journey, and he stops. So, this is, so in chapter 28, and verse 10, it says this. Now Jacob went out from Beersheba and went towards Haran. So he came to a certain place. Everyone say certain place. And stayed there all night because the sun had set. And he took one of the stones of that place and put it at his head. And he lay down in that place to sleep. Then he dreamt. And so what we got is, is, is Jacob's on a journey from Beersheba to Haran. And in the middle, he's going to find a place to camp for the night because the sun is setting. Just an ordinary place. An ordinary place. What are your ordinary places, church? What are your ordinary places where you frequent? Or you might think that you've just found yourself. Maybe the place where you find yourself today 
You thought, well, I just happened to get there. I happened to go there. I happened to visit there. I happened to be there. I happened to be in this place in life. But maybe God, surely God, knew all about it. And verse 12, then he dreamed. And behold, a ladder was set up on the earth. And its top reached to heaven. And there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. So obviously a bit bigger than this ladder here. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. Also, your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and the east, to the north and the south. And in you and in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you till you've done all that I've spoken to you. What an amazing, amazing encounter. Jacob has his dream with angels ascending and ascending on the, on the ladder. God's at the top. And God promises him these things. I'm going to give you this land. This land, Jacob, you've just encountered on this place, this certain place. But I'm going to give this to you. And not just am I going to give this to you. You're going to have many descendants. Have many, he's not even married yet. You're going to have many descendants. So therefore, he's, he's promising him almost, he's going to have wife or wives. And he's going to have many descendants. And I love this. And in you and in your seed, everyone say seed. All the families of the earth shall be blessed. How can that be? How can all the families of the earth, all the families means all the families, that even means you and I today. If all the families on earth who were blessed through Jacob, how's that going to be? Because in his seed would become the Messiah. In his seed would come Jesus Christ, God himself in the flesh, who would come, he would die, he would raise again, back to life, go to his Father in heaven, send the Spirit. There'll be believers that come to faith in Jesus Christ no longer just the Jewish nation, but Gentiles too, as we're grafted in. And all the families of the earth will be blessed because of God's promise to Jacob, the deceiver, at this time. Let's not give Jacob a hard time he's a deceiver, because what's your problem? What's your character defect? Don't tell me. We've all got them. We're all byproducts of, of, of who we are, what we've gone through in life. None of us are perfect in how we think, what we say and what we do. And neither was Jacob. But God sees beyond our imperfection, doesn't he? God sees beyond your imperfection. And he sees your potential of what you can become in him, in, through Christ Jesus. And he says, I am with you, Jacob. And I will keep or protect you. So Jacob's starting to think, well, I've got my brother who's angry. He might be coming to visit me any time soon to try and kill me. And you're saying you're going to protect me? That sounds a pretty good, good, good deal to me. And so we can't continue. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, so in this place called a certain place that he happened to encounter on, he said, surely the Lord is in this place. Can we say that together? Surely the Lord is in this place. And I did not know it. The thing is, in our places where we go to regularly, Sometimes we can see the fact that it's just, a, it's, just, it's just boring. It's lonely. It's isolating. 
Nothing much is happening. But we're looking through a different lens than what God wants us to look through. He wants to look through the lens of that God is with you in that place. Why? Because if he's with you, he's also in you if you're a Christ follower. So if, if God is in that place, it can make all the difference. It can turn a place from one which is negative and critical and, and all that stuff into a place which is glorious and full of potential. God wants you and I, like he did for uh, Jacob back then, he wants us to take territory, ter- territory. He wants to take territory, land. God wants you to have children. Turn to the person next to you and say, God wants you to have children. Now, some of you are looking at me gone out because you think, Dave, 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 do you know how old I am? God wants you and I to have children. And I'm not just talking physical children, I'm talking spiritual children. God wants us to know what it is to be, give birth. And this great opportunity we have at Easter is brilliant because we go out on the streets. And, and, and I, Annie said to me the other day, what, what? What, what do you want to do, Dave? And I said, well, I want to push myself. I want to go out and try different things. I don't want to be comfortable. So I don't want to just... I'm not saying... You know, if you want to pray and be back at base, it's brilliant. But for me, that would be comfortable. So I want to go out there and try different things. Because I want to put myself out there where it is a little bit... Ooh, you know. <laughs> because God is with me. God is with you as we go out and we do what we're going to do. We're going to ask God for, for children, for fruit, as we go and do that. God wants you to bear fruit in your life. God wants you to have spiritual children. And he said in verse 17, he was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? This place that was just a certain place he happened to chance upon and suddenly had this dream and God spoke to him in this dream and so he looked at this, this place at fresh, with fresh eyes and realized that this is an awesome place because God was with him. Yeah. Church, God is with you in your places. God is with you in this physical building. God is with you when you leave this, in your homes, in your, in your places of study, in your places of work. God is with you in your streets. God is with us in, in Leamington. God is with us in the UK. Yeah. Brexit, no Brexit, whatever's going to happen, we don't know. It's a, it's a mess, but God has got great plans for the United Kingdom. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And he declares this is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. This is none other than the house of God. This place where he happened to chance upon was none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven because God met him in an ordinary place. Church, God wants to meet you in your ordinary places. In your ordinary places, what you do on a daily basis, in your shops that you go to. We all go shopping. God wants to meet you, and God wants to use you in your ordinary places, because that's what our life is all about, turning normal places into awesome places, because God is with us. And Jacob arose early in the morning and took the stone that he'd put at his head and set it up as a pillar, and he poured oil on top of it, and he called the name of that place Bethel, but the name of that city had been lose previously. And we've got to understand three things that are happening here. He's got a place. The place was called Luz. It was a Canaanite city. And he renames that place that, was, that feared and served other gods. And he renamed it to Bethel, meaning house of God, 
house of God, the one true God. His activity that he was doing, he was sleeping, a normal activity. What are the normal activities that you do? We sleep, we shop, we work, we do life. And then he took an ordinary item. He didn't take a mobile phone, but he could have done. He didn't take a light bulb, but he could have done. He didn't take a, a mixing bowl from the kitchen, but he could have done. He took a stone, which he used as a pillow for his sleep that night. I don't know why he took a pillow. I mean, obviously, he raised his head off the ground, but it wouldn't have been very comfortable, would it? But he took a stone. And the ordinary item, the ordinary activity in the ordinary place, he then consecrated it to the Lord. He anointed it with oil and said, this thing is going to be a memorial that I met with God in my ordinary place. Church, God wants to meet you in your ordinary places. You are set apart. You are special. God has ordained great things for you. Can you see differently? Can you see beyond the negative atmosphere and the criticism? Can you see beyond the, the uh, oh, I don't know, things aren't working out? Can you see beyond your job when you want promotion? Can you see beyond? And yes, God might give you promotion. You might relocate to another workplace. But while you're in the place that you're in, can you see differently? Can you see your street differently? You might have neighbours that give you that just play music blaring through the night. I think, oh, can you see them differently through the eyes of God? The very thing that God has put in your grasp, He wants you to anoint. And He wants you to set them apart to remind you that the places that we go are places that God has ordained for you to go. No one else lives in your house but you. The very job that you have and the very workplace that you go to or the place to study, yes, there are other people there, but there's only one of you. And God has anointed you and appointed you to serve him in that place. Yes, serving in your house. Open the doors of our houses to our, our neighbours. God has anointed and appointed you. And then we see, just in closing on this, this, this chapter, Jacob is back to his old tricks. So he's had this amazing encounter in this ordinary place. He's called it an awesome place. And then he makes a vow. And he says, if, if, if God will be with me and keep me in this way that I'm going and give me bread to eat, give me my wants, give me everything that I want in life, give me a wife, um, make things nice and easy for me. If, 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 give me bread to eat and clothes to put on. So I may come back to my father's house in peace. I'm interpreting this. I'm not killed by my brother. If, 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 then the Lord shall be my God. If, 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 if you'll do this, God, I'm going to put you to the test. Then you shall be my God. But God sees beyond the if, doesn't he? God sees beyond his personality defects. And says, he sees a heart, a heart that knows he's going to serve him and love him. And declares in verse 22, And this stone, which I have set up as a pillar, shall be God's house. And all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth to you. An amazing encounter of Jacob with God Almighty. You know, I was chatting, I was praying for our children yesterday. You know, we can, my experience in growing up was, was I, I went to church, I became a Christian at a young age. And I, I kept asking God into my life. 
But it came a time where it had to go beyond my parents' belief to my belief. Where I knew that I knew that I knew that God was God. Jesus was Jesus. And he loved me so much, he died for me. And he wanted to have a, a relationship with me. Maybe that's for some of you today. You need to realize that today could be your day where you invite Jesus into your life and have a relationship with him. But it has to be personal. It has to be real. If God is with me, a reminder. What I very quickly, how you view affects what you do in your place. And my, my challenge to us today that I believe God put in my heart is God wants you to see differently the places that you go to the places that you frequent, the places that you do life. He wants you to see differently because how you view affects what you would do. If you don't see it right, then you won't do anything. But if you see it with the eyes of faith, then you'll start to put God, you'll start to serve God in a very different way. You'll start to speak differently of your places, think differently of your places and behave differently in your places. So view your place with a renewed sense of number one, Belonging. One of the things about church, um, going through the ages, church, churches, and there are probably churches today that are like this, and I pray that this church isn't one like this, but churches down the ages have, I think, got it wrong. Churches, when, when the unchurched people would come, people from the community would come that don't have a faith in Jesus, and uh, they'd expect them to behave a certain way. Better to behave a certain way or believe certain things, and then they'll be accepted. But no, no, no. Jesus went and found the lost. He accepted the lost, caught in their, their sin and, and different things. Then he taught them, and then their behavior changed. Acceptance, love, is the greatest thing we can give people. The greatest fruit. Because if we accept people as they are, then this is why when people are on the streets and it's harsh, it's like turn or burn. There's no relationship. There's no relationship. I'm preaching the truth, brother. Yeah, but there's no relationship and you're turning off people. But instead, we can preach the truth in love, truth and love going hand in hand. But it has to be a sense of belonging and relationship. Belonging and relationship. And I thank God for, I wonder if you're on the, the hosting team this morning, can you stand to your feet, please? If you're on the hosting team, you serve on the hosting team, stand to your feet. Everyone just, uh, come on, Seth. If, you're on, if you serve on the hosting team, let's turn around. Let's, uh, let's show our appreciation, shall we? Come on. And we, we intentionally rename that team. Thank you, guys. We intentionally rename that team from welcome team to hosting because it's more than just welcoming people on the door. It's hosting people as they're with us, looking after people. But we've all got to, a part to play in this, haven't we? We've all got a part to play as we look after new people as we come. But give them a place where they can belong. And I feel God wants you to, to know this morning that the place that you go to normally, your places of work, etc., life, is a place where you need to see that you belong there. It might be a season. It might be a season. However short or long, you're in that place. You go to that place. You do life in that place. But God wants you to see that you belong there. You belong there because he's got a plan and purpose for you in that place. You've got to know that you belong there. Stop trying to get out of that place and start trying to get God into that place. You belong there because God has got a plan and a purpose for you 
in that place. The second thing, just to realize this morning, is believing. You've got to believe that God has got great plans for the people in that place. The people in that place. Great plans. And you might be the only Christian person in your street. You might be the only Christian person in your workplace or your, your university that you know of. Now, we know there's many believers. But within the relationship groups of the people that you know, you might be the only believer. So therefore, there's great responsibility, isn't there? There's great responsibility. And God wants you to see that place differently, that you can believe that God has got great plans for you in that place, that your best days are ahead. And finally, it'll affect the way that you behave in that place. I'm not talking about good conduct, although good conduct, good conduct does go with it, because as Paul writes, our lives are like living letters. People read our lives and how we act and respond before they, we even open up our, our lips. But it's talking about how you act, the actions you take in your workplaces, in the places that you do life. Maybe you're retired here today. Well, you don't have a, a workplace, but the way you conduct yourself in life, the way you go to the shops. I love it. You know, Anne always tells me about Peter when he goes to the supermarket. He's forever talking to the, the checkout people. But that's brilliant because that's where witnessing can take place. Because your normal conversation, they don't, they just, sometimes often they're bored, you know. And I, I always interact with them, you're a bit busy today just to get something going, you know. And, uh, and then sometimes we have a little, a little dialogue going. But it's interaction, it makes their day. Then you can encourage them, you're doing a great job. I was at um, Audi yesterday with Daniel, and there was a bit of a checkup, a bit of a queue at the checkup, and you could tell she was new, and she, she apologised to me. No, I said, don't, don't apologise, you're doing great. You're doing great, it's okay. How we act, our attitude, what we say, what we think, what we do. What we think, a light bulb. What we think matters. How you think about your place matters. How you think about yourself matters. And so often we have negative thoughts about our places and about ourselves. I could never do that. I could never do that. Well, why can't you? Because God says you can. God says you can. We need to think differently. Think differently. We need to not just think differently, speak differently. We start speaking the blessing of God over the place where he's put us. Rather than moaning and complaining about it. Or this isn't happening or that isn't happening. Or we could do, you know, you have to be real, absolutely. But we'd be constructive and in faith we say, God, this can happen. God, I'm praying for this. I'm thanking you for that work colleague that they are going to be saved. I thank you, Lord, that you're going to give me an opportunity to witness to them, to share my story, story of what you've done in my life. I thank you, God. And then when we see them, we just encourage positive words of encouragement, truthful words, but encourage people. People, are, I heard this quote the other day about people with different, different struggles. And, some, and instead of asking what's wrong with them, Asking what's happened to them. Because some, we're the byproducts of, of often what we've gone through in life. So if we're struggling, it's not because we're a bad person. It's because of what we've been gone through in life. What's happened to us. And if we give words of encouragement to someone and speak it over them, it could lift them to a whole new realm. A whole new way of believing and thinking about themselves. Maybe they've been spoken badly so many times in the past. Maybe they've been acted 
under so much abuse and different things in their lives, and suddenly someone, a God-fearing person, comes and speaks positive words over their life. It can make all the difference. But also, it's not just thinking and speaking. It's also a mixing bowl. It's, it's doing. So this object here, like Jacob had an ordinary object of a, of a stone, what's your ordinary object? That represents your life, what you do in life. Maybe some of you who spend a lot of time in the kitchen, it could be taking your ordinary object, a mixing bowl. I'm going to use this for Jesus. I'm going to bake a cake. I'm going to give it to some people at work. Just say, look, let's enjoy. I'm going to take something, I'm good, I've got a skill, and someone needs some help, so I'm just going to give freely of my time, I'm just going to help them. Because I'm going to bless them with my actions, my behavior, not just my words, not just my thoughts, but my actions, because actions speak louder than what is God asking you to do? But don't just do it in your own strength. Don't just try and think differently and speak differently. We need the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And God has appointed you and anointed you in your places. You're not there by accident. You're there for this, reason, for this season for a reason. Ask God, God, anoint me today as I step, step out of bed. As I step out the door, as I go to the car, as I drive to work, as I go to my place of study, as my home, today, as I just do life today, as I go to the shops, help me today, anoint me today for the task of thinking differently, speaking differently, and behaving differently for the glory of God. And God, I dare to believe that there is low-hanging fruit. When there's fruit, you know that, I'm not a gardener, you know that, but I've learned a bit. When there's fruit, there's low-hanging fruit that's ready to fall off. Some, some fruit is like, it's, it's up there and it's, like, it's firmly on and it's not coming off for a while. But the low-hanging fruit, the fruit that you can just reach up and take off, open up your eyes and see what God is doing in your world, where God has placed you. Open up your eyes. Where is the fruit? Where is the low-hanging fruit that you can speak a kind word to, a kind action to? Where is it? Because there's low-hanging fruit all around us. Suddenly, it's surprising. My parents, um, this was before, yeah, as, we, as I was about three years old, where we used to live at years ago, and uh, there's was, was a Christian, Christian household, and there was two houses next door, and they were praying for both houses, but they thought this house, they'll never become Christians, and this house, we think they would do. My parents lived in a house where they thought they'd never become Christians, and guess which house got saved? The low-hanging fruit isn't always what you think. But let God lead you through the Holy Spirit to guide you. Your life is born to make a difference. It's born to make a difference. We've got to understand that our place can go from an ordinary place to an awesome place. Because God is with and in you. Let's stand to our feet. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Let's close our eyes and add you to prayer right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just as I've been talking about your places, our places, this church, this church is a place that we go to, many of us, week on, week out. And we can treat it as a sense of it's just ordinary. It's business as usual, but God doesn't want it to be business as usual. And the other places that you go to, 
regularly, the other relationships in your life. God doesn't want you to treat them as, as business as usual. God wants us to, to transform those spaces. He wants to see you to see them differently than you've ever seen them before. He wants you to see them full of potential, full of, of change that can happen, not through someone else, not through you praying for another believer to come and join you in the workforce, but through you. God is calling you. God has anointed and appointed you to go and bear fruit where he's placed you in life. And maybe, just maybe, once you've done what the Lord has asked you to do, and you've been asking, God, I want to get out of this place, maybe just then that he will open up the doors. I remember that I, I was in a workplace, and I've told you this before, but I was in, in a college, and it was really full of negativity, and I, I wanted out. I wanted to serve the Lord. I wanted out. But my time hadn't yet come, and God was saying to me, no, you serve me there. You serve me there with all that you have. And uh, so I changed my mindset. I said, God, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to serve you in this place. And even though it was negative, even though it was a difficult environment, and, and uh, I said, God, I'm going to serve you. And uh, I suddenly got really, really busy, busy, busy serving God there. And then suddenly my season changed. My season changed. But God wants you to make a difference with the places where he put you. And right now as I've been speaking, in this holy moment, can you think about a place that you're thinking, God, I can see that place differently. God, would you forgive me for looking down at that place? God, would you forgive me for thinking or speaking negatively of that place? God, would you help me to see through the eyes of faith what you can do through me in that place? Not just a certain place, but an awesome place because the mighty God is with me and in me and wants to work through you. Right now, if you've got a place in your mind, in your heart, we're just going to dedicate this place right now to the Lord. I'm not going to anoint you with oil, but I'm going to pray a prayer for you. And I want you to receive that prayer with your hands raised up as if you're receiving a gift from heaven. Because I'm going to pray for you. I want you to believe that, God, you're going to receive something from God in the Spirit that can cause you to see differently the very place that you think is ordinary. Turn the ordinary into extraordinary. So right now, if you want to be included in this prayer, just raise your hands to heaven. And I'm going to pray for you right now that the place that you go, the places that you visit, that God can use you in those places. The playgrounds, the school visits, connections with teachers, shops, neighbours, doctors, dentists, receptionists. Oh, that you could make a difference. So Father, right now I pray for everyone that is responding to you right now. I pray that, Lord, you give us eyes that can see afresh. Oh, help give us prophetic sight to see the places that we go to on a day-by-day basis. Thank you, Lord, that you fill us with the Holy Spirit to give us boldness to, to speak well of you, to be your witnesses, to tell of what you've, we have seen and, and what you, you've done in our lives, Father. I pray that, Lord, you give us opportunities to be encouragers, to champion people on. I pray you'd help us to see and speak and think differently of the very places that we do life in. Lord, I pray. I pray for the low-hanging fruit. I pray you give us discerning eyes to see, to touch, to smell the, the, the people, as it were, the fruit that is were, that are close to you. Whether it's for us to, to move them on one level and they encounter another Christian and they give their lives then, or whether it's even on our watch, in our time, in our place, that, Lord, they ask, 
Ask us, well, how can I be a Christian? Oh, Lord, the low-hanging fruit. I pray that, Lord, you give us to them. Give it to us, Lord. You give it to us, Lord, the low-hanging fruit that we would dare to see people coming to know you for the first time. Maybe some people, they, they once knew you, Lord, but they've, they've backslidden, they've gone away from you, that even those people, Lord, on our watch will come back to you because of us serving you in our place. Oh God, thank you for this church, the church being the people. Thank you for us gathered people here today. But thank you for this building that over the years people have gathered in your name. And I pray that as we darken the doors every week, Lord God, we'll come with the eyes of faith. That we won't just think it's business as usual, Lord. Oh, forgive us when we think of the things of God as just ordinary, Lord. Because you're not ordinary. You're, you're, you're God Almighty. I don't even like saying God. You're a good God because you're, there's not many gods. There's just one true God, and that's you. You're good. You're good, and we love you. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you'd have full reign in our gatherings. Oh, God, forgive us when we come and... Oh, we allow our hearts to go way down, Lord, because of, rather than see the potential of what you can do in our lives through us as individuals and us as a gathered group called the church. I pray, Lord, as we go on the streets um, in, in April, I pray that you would just give us low-hanging fruit. Oh, God, I pray as prayers are prayed and people are trained and, 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 uh, and activities are put on and, and various things that happen in that day, I pray that this place will be full for the, with the people in the community. I pray that we'll have contacts with you. I pray that the atmosphere will shift and change, Lord God, as our perspective shifts and changes for your glory, Lord. For your glory. Come on, where you are, why don't you just pray out loud? Come on. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Ask God to give you fresh revelation. Fresh revelation for your place. The places that you go. Come on, fresh revelation. Oh, Lord, we love you. We love you fresh revelation of your people fresh insight Lord over your people fresh senses in your people Lord in Jesus name oh freshness Holy Spirit oh Holy Spirit set our hearts ablaze to know and to, that we're called that we're chosen oh Lord that you've got a purpose for our lives and our places help us to see differently Lord in Jesus name for your glory and yours alone in Jesus name and right now, just start, I want you to think, before you leave this place, right now as you've got your in an attitude of prayer, just think, what's one thing you've got to do? Ask, Holy Spirit, what's one thing you want me to do leaving this place? As I go back to my normal place, it's no longer normal because you're with me in it. What do you want me to do? What's one thing you want me to do differently? What's one thing you want me to say differently? What's one thing you want me to think differently? Holy Spirit, speak to your people right now. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope that you enjoyed this message. For many more resources and for more information, visit our website at www.life-cc.org.